Good morning, church. Great to see all of you who are here live with us and those of you who are joining us right now online as well. Um, our guest speaker for Faith Promise this year is General Superintendent Emeritus of the Church of the Nazarene, Dr. Jerry Porter. Jerry and his wife, Tony, graduated from Bethany Nazarene College, which is now known as Southern Nazarene University, with degrees in religion and Spanish, respectively. Both went on to receive master's degrees in theology, and Jerry received his Doctor of Divinity from Southern Nazarene University. Jerry and Tony are known as preeminent missionary evangelists in the Church of the Nazarene. In looking at their missionary journey, after pastoring in Texas, Jerry and Tony were appointed missionaries to the Dominican Republic, where they helped to launch the work of the Church of the Nazarene in that nation. Following the rapid and explosive growth of the church in the Dominican Republic, the porters were assigned to Costa Rica, where they served at the Nazarene Seminary of the Americas. Over the next several years, the seminary grew in enrollment to over 3,000 students, both on campus and through the extension centers throughout Latin America. Dr. Porter was elected by the General Board of the Church of the Nazarene as the Mexico and Central America Regional Director, a region encompassing eight nations, representing 22 districts with over 50 missionaries and six theological institutions. In the early 90s, Jerry was elected to serve as the district superintendent on the Mid-Atlantic District of the Church of the Nazarene, which encompasses Maryland, Delaware, South Central Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C. It was during this time as young teenagers that my wife Julie and I had the privilege of getting to know the Porter family, and in many significant ways, it changed the course and direction of our lives. Uh, we became friends with their children, Amy and Bill. And through their witness, along with a close childhood friend, uh, Mike Teeter, at 13 years old, as a freshman in high school, uh, this little Hindu Indian kid became a follower of Jesus Christ. A few years later, in 1994, um, Amy and I were both in college at the University of Maryland in Baltimore County, and Amy invited me to a small group study at the Porter home. Uh, during this time, I was really struggling with my faith, with trusting God and trusting uh, his influence in my future. And I felt like if I went all in with God, if I made him first in every area of my life, that he was going to uh, make me a missionary and send me into a jungle somewhere. And I didn't even like camping, so that was kind of scary for me. And I'll never forget what Amy said to me one night. She said, AJ, do you believe God loves you? And I said, yes. And she said, do you believe he can be trusted? I said, yes. She said, then why can't you trust him with your future? And uh, that was my moment of entire sanctification. And she prayed with me that night, and uh, I went all in with Jesus. And I got to tell you, church, uh, sorry, I'm getting emotional up here, but my life has never been the same. Because of that, my kids know Jesus. Because of that, my mom and dad know Jesus. My, my father accepted Christ at the age of 79. I owe the Porter family so much. So can we give a warm welcome this morning to Reverend Jerry Porter? Amen. 
it wasn't too long after that that our daughter died. She was 20 years old. She had cancer, and she died at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Uh, and we miss her every day, but we're grateful for the life that she lived. <clears throat> it's great to be back here at this church. I was here as a general superintendent for district assemblies, but didn't have the privilege of being here for a, a faith promise. And what a delight to be here with A.J. and all the family and all of you. What would happen if God could help us to have a heart for missions? Some of you have a heart for sports, or you have a heart for decorating, or you have a heart for your family. What if, what if God would give us a heart for, for missions? We are serving in retirement in a creative access country. Uh, we won't mention the name unless we slip up and mention it. <laughs> but um, it's a Muslim country. They're wonderful people. It's a beautiful country. And we have the joy of serving the Lord there. Uh, I'll have my wife talk to you just a little bit about where we live. He said decorate. May need some technical help here. There we go. There we go. He said, de he said decorating because I like to decorate. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay. Anyways, true confession. This is our neighborhood where we live. <clears throat> um, some of these houses are over 100 years old. They're mostly apartments. Uh, TJ, I'm having a lot of fun here with your phone, but I can't get it to work. This is a joke that TJ pulled on me. He said, this will work perfectly. You'll love it. <laughs> and so far, I hate TJ. Okay. Okay, there we go. Okay, wait. Go back to the other one. I want you to see my beautiful living room. This is a... This is an Arabic couch. It, uh, it goes the whole way around, and then you take the pillows off, and it becomes uh, beds. It's, it's a very nice way of decorating. This is the language we learned. It took us one month to learn the Arabic alphabet. Here at the top, you can see how we would write our names in Arabic. Uh, you start from the right to the left so that that looks like, looks like a chair is actually the letter T for t t t Tony. The wow is that sign down. Anyway, it's Tony and Jerry. <laughs> that makes it pretty simple for you. Uh, this is our teacher. Her name is Samia. And uh, we have been learning um, the Arab, one of the forms of Arabic from her. All right, this is a word you might know. Uh, it starts on this side with a ka, and then another ka with a alif, which is the A sound, then another ka, and then at the very end you have lam, which is an L, and then another alif, which is an A, and it says Coca-Cola. That's how you pronounce it in Arabic, Coca-Cola. <laughs> All right, where are we? All right, so uh, the way I say my name is Tony, I say Anna, I, Ismay, call myself Tony. Anna, Ismay, Tony. You want to try that? Say your name. If you, if you meet an Arab, uh, Arab-speaking person, you say Anna, Ismay, and then, of course, you don't say Tony, you say your name. So let's try that. Anna, Anna Ismay, Ismay, and then your name. If you forgot what that is, ask the person next to you. 
Okay. And then uh, let's see. The word makla ledida means delicious food. Makla food ledida delicious. It's been a wonderful adventure for us in retirement to learn a new language, a new culture, a completely different world as we share Christ in this part of the world. Thank you. So, yeah, for now, don't go far away. So do I have a heart for mission? Jesus gave us the Great Commission. It wasn't the Great Suggestion. Uh, it was the Great Commission. And all Christians received this commission. So listen, no, read with me the commission that Jesus gave you and me. Let's read together. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what are the verbs in the Great Commission? Go, baptize, teach. Go and baptize the new believers. You'll have a baptismal service soon here in your church. If you're a believer and you've not been baptized, the Great Commission is go and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go, baptize, and teach. Teach them what? Teach them everything I've commanded you, including that they should go and baptize others and teach them. And it's a, it's a cycle that continues for 2,000 years all the way to us today. Go, baptize, teach. And in that process, we are making disciples. The first verb of the Great Commission is go. On your mark, get set. Go. go. The first word you hear from the Lord's lips are go. Um, the challenge for us, uh, this is my wife and two of our fellow workers. Again, we're just being careful with security because some people we work with might be in danger uh, if, if they knew that what we were actually trying to do was share Christ in this culture because it's illegal to evangelize, illegal to start churches, illegal to work with children. But uh, the Lord didn't say go if it's safe or go if it's easy. He just simply said for all of us to go, go. And here's my wife on one of her favorite camels. Uh, you can go across the street or you can go around the world, but all of us, all of us have heard the word go. In other words, move from where we are to where we are not yet, and that's the challenge. Uh, this is a, a meal we had in the desert, uh, in the Sahara Desert. And thanks to World Evangelism Fund, which is what you're giving today in your faith promise, thanks to that fund, we, your global Nazarene family serves in 164 world areas. We celebrate all the work of all the Christian church, but today I'll give you a report on your Nazarene family. And uh, thanks to World Evangelism Fund, there's almost 700 missionaries and almost 10,000 volunteers who've said, yes, I will go. After you go, baptize. Baptism is a means of grace. You receive grace in baptism, but it's also a testimony to my family and friends that I have decided to follow Jesus. It represents the church welcoming the believer. You're welcome, you're part of the family, baptism. And because of that, we plan, by the grace of God, take the gospel to every single person. This is a celebration in the country where we serve as they celebrate the Quran. They march through the streets celebrating their holy book. It'd be like us marching through the streets uh, celebrating the Bible. They celebrate the Quran. We want the gospel to go to every single person, every nation, every culture, every language, and every generation. We celebrate 2.7 million Nazarenes marching toward 3 million. Go, baptize, and then teach. Jesus was the rabbi. He wants us to teach. This is the seminary in Costa Rica where we were able to serve for seven years, and my children grew up there. 
Uh, it was a beautiful place. My wife was teaching a class in the Philippines. This is a group of students at Asia Pacific Nazarene Seminary. We celebrate the 52 schools and 52,000 students around the world. But teaching doesn't just happen in schools. It happens in this church. It happens at your home, at your table with your children, your nieces and nephews. Discipleship is one-on-one, -on -one, small groups. That's what teaching is all about. Go, baptize, and teach. And in that process, we make disciples, which is the mission of the Church of the Nazarene. Our mission, whether we're in Maine or Minneapolis or whether we're in, in, in Siam, uh, it's to make Christ-like disciples in the nations. In Africa, the Church of the Nazarene has grown in, the last, uh, in this 40-year period from 22,000 to 700,000. Uh, there's more Nazarenes in Africa than in North America. Every single week for this 20-year period, every single week, we had a net increase around the world of 1,045 members. Every week for 20 years, we had an increase of 691 in worship attendance. Every week, even though some people quit coming, more people came. The net gain was 700. Every week we had a gain of 600 in small group discipleship, Sunday school classes. And every week we planted 16, a net gain of 16 new churches. Thank God the church is obeying the command to go and make disciples. In Cuba alone, this is my wife and I were there at the district assembly. You can see the superintendent here on the left. The superintendent challenged how many lay people in Cuba, how many lay people in the Nazarene church in Cuba will dedicate 50 Saturdays to help us plant churches. 800 lay people said, I'm available, and they planted 600 new house churches in a two-year period. Obviously, they can't buy property and build buildings, so all the churches are multiplied in homes all across Cuba. So to have a heart for God's mission, what needs to happen to, to stir me? What, is it information? No, it's also the work of the Holy Spirit in my heart to give me a heart for God's mission. Of the seven billion people who share your oxygen and live on this planet, how many of them have never heard about Jesus? How many of them know the least about the Lord? There's this red box on that map from latitude 10 to 40 north of the equator, and that red box from, from Africa all the way to China. That's the 1040 window where most of the people live who know the least about Jesus, and two-thirds of the world's population lives in that little red box. These people are primarily uh, Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, and atheists. And half of the world's least Christian cities are in this part of the world. There's a lot of poverty in the 1040 window. 85% uh, of the people in the 1040 window are the poorest of the poor. That picture that I just showed you was uh, some, let me see if I can get this back here. Hang on a second. No, it went the wrong way. There we go. This is in Calcutta, India, and we took the picture of some, some street children who were rummaging through garbage. We gave them some food, took their picture, talked to them a little bit, but it broke our heart to see the way they lived. The very next day at the Nazarene District Assembly, the platform was filled with children uh, in India who are part of our development program. You can sponsor a child through the Nazarene Church. My wife and I sponsor 10 children, and what a delight to see how the, the gospel helps me to be compassionate and make a difference in the life of these children. My wife has a bag she's gonna talk about. This is our compassion bag. Not this one exactly, but it just symbolizes our compassion. 
um, when we went to the country that we're working in right now, um, every time we would leave our apartment and we don't have a car, um, we walk and we love it. We, somebody offered to buy us a car and we said, no, we don't want a car. But we walk everywhere we go and uh, we notice that there are a lot of refugees in the streets. Um, most of the refugees come from uh, countries in Africa and uh, there's a lot of children, there's mothers holding babies, and every time we would go, we would just think, what should we do? Well, a friend of ours came to our country and said that, uh, what if we gave like granola bars, like buy a box of granola bars or cookies, and then you can at least give them some cookies. And so that's what we decided to do. So every time we leave our apartment, we take a bag with us. Sometimes we'll have in extra food or we'll have in a toothpaste. Or, and, so, and then we will give some cookies to every child and every mother on the street, the refugees that are sitting there begging. And we'll talk to them and we'll say, God bless you. <laughs> it's difficult, but at least that's what we're doing. We discovered that in the USA, there are, there are also people on the street corners uh, asking for help. So we actually have an American bag we use as well. <laughs> what would happen if I had compassion for people and I cared about them and I could show them that I care? Now, the good news is that the 1040 window, even though it's the least reached or the least evangelized, it is possible to evangelize them. In that window is the country of Mongolia, where in 1989 there were only four known believers, and today there are about 10,000. In 2010, in Morocco, they estimated there were only about 400 believers, and today they estimate 25,000, all of them in house churches. One of the powerful web tools that God is using to share Christ with, the, with this part of the world is internet Christian television. And there they can listen to the stories of Jesus and know about the gospel and know it firsthand. So I need some volunteers to help me. I need 10 volunteers who would stand here on the platform. So come quickly or you'll never go to your lunch or to your you know, to our afternoon celebration. So push somebody out, wake them up, and come help me. Come onto the platform here. I've got one, two, three, four, five. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You guys keep coming. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Somebody was coming and sat down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Need one more. Come on, Jared. Come on, Jared. Who's Jared? Okay, here he comes. Thank you, sir. All right. Now, these people represent the population of the whole world. Look on that map at the size of the population of China and India compared to the U.S. there in the bottom or uh, even Indonesia. Two-thirds of the world's population lives in the 1040 window. So that means, Jared, if you'd pass over here on this side, please. These three are non-1040 window. This is the 1040 window. Look at the... The, the percentage of population, and to realize that two-thirds of the world lives in this red box. One-third is North America, South America, Africa. Of the people who live in the 1040 window, Jared is the only Christian. One-tenth of the people in the 1040 window are Christians. Now, I need 10 volunteers to stand down here. I promise this is the last 10 I'll ask for 
I do need 10 more, so wake somebody up and bring them with you. Okay, so I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, come on, AJ, seven, eight, okay, I'm getting there, nine, 10. Very good. These 10 people, now who are these 10 people? These 10 people represent all the Christian missionaries. And remember, missionaries are going from every continent to every continent. South American missionaries, there's missionaries from Africa, not just missionaries from the U.S. or Europe, missionaries from China. China is sending more Christian missionaries than the U.S. is right now. Praise the Lord. So here's all the missionaries, okay? All the Christian missionaries. And I'll use AJ. AJ, I want you to come up here and just walk back and forth in front of these seven people while I'm talking. Just keep walking back and forth. Only one-tenth of all Christian missionaries today are serving in the 1040 window, while 90% of the Christian missionaries are trying to get these three people saved. 90% of Christian missions today is working with a third of the world, while one-tenth of all the Christian missionaries, poor AJ by himself, over there trying to win this part of the world. Okay, missionaries can be seated. Man, I keep messing your, your phone up, TJ. Or did you do that to me on purpose? Here we go. Thank you. So, so here's one-tenth of the missionaries working with two-thirds of the world. So what do we do? What can we here in Maine do to make any difference to help the gospel to get to these people, the 1040 window? I'm going to have you be seated on the front row because I'm going to invite you to help me again. So on the front row, please. Sorry, you can't go back to your family. Well, obviously, we need to send more of the missionaries to the 1040 window. What is the role of a missionary? I was talking to Christian's son, Ashton, this morning. And Ashton, was, we were talking, what does a missionary do? A missionary goes to work themselves out of a job, to share the gospel with local people so that they can then share Christ with their own family and friends. So that's our first assignment. In China, when the missionaries had to flee, what happened? The Chinese Christians became the evangelists. So, <clears throat> our first prayer request is more missionaries. The second prayer request is for Jared. He's the only Christian who's there inside that world. Pray for him because he's actually the key. He'll do a whole lot better job than missionaries will at reaching the 1040 window. They estimate today that 10,000 people a day are coming to Christ in China. 10 thousand people every day. The gospel seed that was planted by the missionaries is now being carried out by, by the people, the Chinese themselves, and they're sending missionaries as well. So pray for national workers. Pray for the Jared-type persons in the 1040 window. Pray for missionaries, and then pray for Jared. I will praise you among the nations, O Lord. So my wife is going to help me now, and we're going to tell you a Bible story She'll tell you the story in Arabic, and I'll try to remember how to translate it. And this, of course, is not written in Arabic. This is written uh, phonetically. Uh, if it was Arabic, it would be from the right to the left, and it would be beautiful, beautiful script. This is just the good old-fashioned alphabet you know. Aisa can... Jesus traveled to Samaria. 
And he came to a city called Sychar. Jesus sat down, Geles, near Jacob's well. Telemid, his disciples, his disciples went to the town, Medina, to buy lunch. If you want lunch, ask for Lerda. Mera Samaria de A Samaritan woman came at twelve, Tanash's twelve, <clears throat> twelve noon, <clears throat> and she to get some water. Jesus said, May I have some water? Afek is please. Why are you, she said, why are you asking me to drink? That super long word she read so well, but it has a ma in front and a she at the end, that means it's a negative word, so it's negative. Jews do not speak to Samaritans. Yahweh Ayesa. Jesus answered, if you knew who I was, maybe you would ask me for living water. She said, where do you have this water? So are you greater than our father Jacob? Jesus said, uh, Bring your husband, please. She answered, I have no husband. Jesus said, you spoke the truth. You do not have a husband. <laughs> You've had five husbands. And you divorced them. And the husband and the man you live with. The man you live with is not your husband. She answered. Very softly. You're a prophet. Talk to me about the Messiah. Jesus answered. It is me. I am he. Okay. <laughs> the, the woman... Uh, went to the town and told all the people about a man who knew her. And she asked, Is this the Messiah? All the people came to the well, Bir, and they asked Jesus, Aisa, Stay with us. They, they said, 
We believed in you because of the word kalimat of the woman, Mara. Jesus, two days, stayed with them, and many of the people believed because of his word, kalimat. Wow, very good. <laughs> so we talk about being sons and daughters of Abraham. We, we are at the, we're at the level now of a very, very proficient one-year-old in this language, so we're very, very proud of ourselves. So we talk about being sons and daughters of Abraham by faith. We know the Jews are sons and daughters by bloodline. Well, all the Arabs are also sons and daughters of Abraham. And what the Lord is calling us to do is to share Jesus Christ with these sons and daughters of Abraham. What are the differences, pardon me, what are the commonalities? What do we have in common with the Muslim faith? Muslims and Christians believe in one God, monotheism. We believe that there's a physical and spiritual realm. We believe that there are angels and there are demons. You have an angel on one shoulder, a demon on one shoulder. You listen to the demon, you go to hell. Listen to the angel, you go to heaven, paradise. They believe in between the battle between good and evil. They believe in paradise and hell and a final judgment. They believe that their Quran is inspired, like we would insist that our Bible is inspired by God. They believe Jesus ascended into God's presence. They don't think he died. Uh, and that he is coming back again. That's in the Quran. He's coming back again. The difference is, of course, they see Jesus as a prophet. We see he, Jesus as God revealed in the flesh. God came to us, incarnation. They would say Muhammad was the great prophet, the primary prophet, and we would say that Jesus was more than a prophet, that he is the, the Son of God, takes us to God. And the, the Quran does say that Jesus is the way to God because he was taken to God's presence without dying as a prophet, and that he's coming back again. But because they said that, they don't believe he died. They believe someone else died on the cross. We say, yes, Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected. And every Sunday we celebrate the resurrection. This is the Lord's day. Uh, they believe that salvation is by, by your good deeds. You can earn your salvation. And we would insist that it's impossible, that we only can be, receive it by, by grace through faith. So how do you evangelize people? How do you share the gospel? Well, you build friendship. This is a family we've visited several times. Uh, we've gone there several times. They always have a big meal for us. It's a Muslim family, the, the parents and all the children, all the grandchildren. And then we, we have some, usually have some gifts we give them after the big meal. Then we play games. Tony always has some games for all the children. And then uh, we have a prayer time. Why is that? Because as we've been building friendships with them over and over again, they begin to understand that, that we represent a Christian. And they, they thought Christians were represented by Hollywood. Uh, because if we're a Christian nation, then Hollywood must represent who we are as a Christian nation. So they see all that violence and all that immorality, and they say nobody would ever want to be a Christian. So we have to say to them a whole new beginning of what, what it is to be a Christian. Many of them are having visions, and they're coming to faith because they have a vision of Jesus. Uh, their understanding of the Christian faith is that it is very sensual, uh, and it's a lot of violence. They don't, they don't have any idea of the true message of Jesus. So we have to build those friendships. What can I do then to reach my world? What can I do for Maine to make any difference with the message of Jesus? Well, there's three things. We can pray, we can give, 
and we can go. The largest Nazarene church in the world is in Cali, Colombia. They have 16,000 people in worship uh, before COVID. They had 50,000 people a week online during COVID. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's the challenge for us to learn how to pray. Why do we pray? This church has a prayer and fasting service every Wednesday of 5,500 people. They insist they are the largest Nazarene church, not because of the preaching or the music or the programs, but because they pray. Prayer is the most important, and it's the preamble ministry of, of this church. Prayer is more important than the preaching ministry, AJ. It's more important than the singing music ministry or the children's ministry. Prayer, when we pray, we release God in a world where God honors human freedom. Pray. So we pray for missionaries. Pray for missionaries to go to the 1040 window. When you pray, things happen in our lives. Pray for the national workers. These four faces here are people that we, we work with. They're house church pastors. Pray for the national workers. And then pray for the immigrants who are in Maine from those countries. And you can talk to them freely. In that country, you would not be allowed to share the gospel with them. But here, you can talk to them at the grocery store, at Walmart, wherever. Pray for the people who are immigrants in your countries. Uh, the second thing we do after we pray is we give. And I'll have my 10 volunteers again up here, if you would, quickly. And I need two $1 bills. So look in your wallet and loan me a, loan me a dollar bill, please. If you lived in the country of, uh, okay, I got $2 right here. Thank you very much. If you live in the country of Chad, I'm going to put this in the, in the pastor's uh, box out there so he can win the contest. If, if you win, if you go to Chad, the average family has, is this correct, $1.23 a week for food? Listen, that's less than this for a week for one family to buy food. If you live in Bhutan, which is a country in Asia, the average family has $5 a week for food. If you live in Ecuador, the family has $32 a week. In Egypt, they'll have $68 a week. In dear old USA, we spend an average of $342 a week for food. And you say, I don't spend that much. Well, you're below average, but this is the average in America of what people spend to eat. We have been very, very blessed. Now, here's our 10 people, right? You can slide over here again. These three, these three here are, okay, you're Mr. Mr. America, so give us a flex. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Mr. America, you're South America. The two of you are Europeans. You're our favorite African, and you five are Asia. When you add India and China and Indonesia, you have half of the population of the world. That's our greatest mission field. Three of you are Christian. One of you, two of you are, are Muslims, you're our Buddhist, you're our favorite Hindu, you're the ancient, ancient religions of the world, and you two have no religion at all, but we still love you. <laughs> Three of you are very good at reading and writing. Seven don't know how to read and write, or they don't really like to study by reading, which is why even if you gave them a Bible, they wouldn't know how to read it or wouldn't read it. Jesus' film has been so powerful because seven out of every ten people wouldn't read a Bible if you gave them one. Millions are coming to Christ through the Jesus' film. Four of you have a decent roof over your head. Six of you are homeless or live in cardboard shacks. Five of you have enough to eat, and five of you are undernourished, obviously, and starved, AJ, starving to death. Here's all the money there is in the whole world, two dollars, 
And believe it or not, half of the money of the world is under the control of Mr. America. And these nine share the other dollar. So make a circle and hold on to it together. Make a circle, part of it's yours. Why does Mr. America have so much money? Well, because he is so good looking. Look how ugly they are. No, no, no. Mr. America has the money because he is brilliant. He's got a big brain. Tragically, there's nothing here. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, he gave me the two bucks. No, I'll tell you what. Mr. America earned it. He worked for it. He deserves it. Let the lazy bums starve to death. You've never been to Haiti or Bangladesh where a man would do anything to earn money to keep his family from starving. Listen, folks. If you had the blessing of being born here or moved here, we have been so blessed. And it's not for us just to be sassy and fat. It's for us to be generous and bless the Lord's work around the world. I think Mr. America has been blessed because America has historically been very generous with its money for world evangelism, to share Christ with the world. But if our generation says, I don't really care about those folks finding Jesus, there's enough lost people in my city, in my state. I'm not going to give money for people over there. If we become stingy with the gospel going to the ends of the world, God's going to have to take America's money and shift it to China, who is sending more missionaries than we are. Because the countries that use their money to get the gospel out, I believe, will be blessed. So if you love the red, white, and blue apple pie Chevrolet July 4, then give a great big faith promise and love uh, for America will be evidenced by how much you give. Your generosity in this offering for world evangelism testifies to your love for your own country. Thank you. You all be seated. Put that in the dollar in the pastor's box out there. Yeah, we, out there as you go out, you'll see you'll see AJ's face. Put that in that box where his face is. You'll see it. You can't miss it. Yeah, you can do that too. You put it in AJ's box. Thank you so much. Thank you for your donation. So, folks, we're going to give. Faith Promise is a weekly gift or every two weeks or every month, however you receive your, 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 your money. And you're, you want to say, I want every week to remind myself that I want a portion of my money, not just to go to buy more stuff, which will all stay here when I die. I want to invest it in people who find Jesus because those people will be with me forever in heaven. After we pray and after we give we go. These are our friends at the pizza place just down the street from our apartment. Uh, they all know we're Christians. We bow our head to pray. One of them is secretly talking to us. He's reading the Bible every day. We, uh, we need to change our attitude toward Muslims. After 9-11, most of us have either fear or anger or hatred toward Muslims. May God give us love for them. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. We are called to love them. Uh, my wife was invited to a birthday party in our apartment. I thought I was supposed to go too. It was only women. They said, no, you can't come in. Because the women there took off their veils and they show their hair. My wife started taking pictures. They were dancing and singing and they, and they stopped singing. And she discovered that because she was taking pictures of the women with their hair uncovered, that, that they stopped. So she deleted the pictures and they started dancing and singing again. You have to build friendships in Maine or in whatever country we are if you want to share Christ with them building friendships, making relationships. One of the people in that family started a chicken business, chicken tacos. So we gave him some money from Compassionate Ministries to help him get started. 
what a delight it is. One of the members of that family, this couple, could not have any children, had several miscarriages. We prayed in the name of Jesus with them. We prayed in the name of Isa with them, Isa, and little, little baby boy Omar was born. You can see his picture now. He's about four years old. So listen, folks, pray, give, and go across the street or around the world. My wife will finish the message. These shoes that they wear are pretty, but they're... Um, well, like AJ, Jerry took me to the beach, uh, and we went to a one-star hotel, one-star hotel. Or half-star. Half-star, half-star hotel, and I hated it. Um, we, it was during Ramadan, and when, you, when you're going through Ramadan in this country, you eat the same thing every night for supper. Do they fast from sunup until sundown? You eat two hard-boiled eggs, uh, bread, orange juice, and soup. soup, which sometimes is good, sometimes not good. Well, it was a young man, age 30, and he made us some soup from the Berber uh, group, and it had wheat in it and milk, and I could not eat it. It was not good. And I had trouble with the eggs, and I didn't even want to eat the bread. And so, and I was really hungry because we had gone through a whole day traveling. All the restaurants are closed. You can't eat anything during Ramadan, only at 7.30 at night when the restaurants will serve uh, fatar. Fatar, which means, fatar. Fatar means breakfast. Okay. So anyways, um, we were trying to eat, make conversation. We were the only people in the hotel, one-star hotel, on the north of, on the Atlantic, on the beach, the wind blowing fiercely, which I kind of liked. I really did. Um, the problem was that the hotel was on stairs. It had like 100, st 100 steps down to our room, and then another 100 stairs down to the restaurant, and then another 100 stairs down to the beach. And I couldn't walk on the beach. And besides, walking up the stairs, I'd get tired. I just, I couldn't, I just didn't like the place. Okay, we got that. You didn't like it. I didn't like it. You told me that several times when I was yes. there. Yes, okay. So anyways, the young man was so nice, 30 years old, so sweet. And he served us, and he was so joyful. And and we um, we decided to play a game. We, we took uh, one of our... Uh, underground pastors with us. He drove, he drove his car. And we decided to play this game. It's called Farkle. You know what Farkle is? It's a great international game. We, it's throwing, throwing dice. It's, you, like we've all good used Christians, it many dice. times to meet people. So we, we played. We said, we're going to play this game. And we asked the young man. We said, would you like to play with us? And he said, oh, yes. And so we sat down, the four of us, and played this game after we ate this, this dinner. And then he went and put on some music. And the music was Spanish and Arabic. And I said, where, where are you getting your music? He said, oh, YouTube. And I said, oh, yeah, of course, of course. And, and so then I went to bed. We went into this room. It's kind of like a surfer's hotel. Okay, surfer's hotel. So it was okay, but it, I don't know why. I just didn't like it, didn't like it. And I woke up the next morning. The young man brought me coffee up the 100 steps to my room, brought me coffee. I drank my coffee, and I was looking around the room thinking, I can't stay here one more night. There is nothing to do. I have to walk all these stairs. And all of a sudden, I saw this picture on the wall. This, it's the story of the Samaritan woman. It looks just like it. 
And I happen to have an Arabic Bible in my, a New Testament in my bag. I was trying to learn Arabic in the Bible, very difficult. And, and the young man came back up and Jerry said, sir, we're not going to stay the second night. We were supposed to stay two nights. And he said, we're going to leave. And the young, young man said, oh, oh, okay. And then he, he kind of came in our room and I said, hey, this picture on the wall, do you, do you know that story? And he said, no. And I said, well, I have it right here in, in this book. I know exactly where that story is. And he said, oh. And I said, would you like to read the story in this book? And he said, oh, well, yes. And I said, this is the Anjil. Anjil means New Testament in Arabic. And he said, I've heard about the Anjil. I said, where? He said, YouTube. And I go, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> and I said, well, I'd like to give you my book. And I would like you to read this story. And he was so happy. He was so happy that I gave him the New Testament. And he was going to read my story. We left the hotel. And we said goodbye. I gave him uh, some perfume I had for his mother. <laughs> Always take care of the mother and anyways we made a new friend and then the underground pastor exchanged contact information with him so he could have a way of contacting him and talking more about what he read so the challenge for us is to go go across the street go around the world uh, my email address if you want to write to us if you want to volunteer to do some missionary work or you have any questions, uh, just feel free to write to me at jerryp121701.org. Misalema means goodbye, or masalam, God be with you. I just want to say thank you to South Portland Church. For all these years, you have been so faithful. And now I ask you, this new generation, let's continue that heritage. Let's pray. Pray powerfully because prayer releases God in a world where God honors human freedom. Let's give because we've been extremely blessed. And let's go because it's, it's time for lunch. God bless you. Thank you, Dr. Porter. Please stand with us as we close in song. Grace that flows like a river washing
Father, we, we praise you. We give you glory and honor today. Lord God, we thank you for the porters this morning and just the powerful message they've given us to remember that we are called not just to, to be Christians who sit in pews every Sunday and walk out of these doors unchanged, but we're called to be followers of Christ. We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. We're called to be prayer warriors, praying for not only those in our family who need to know Christ, but those in our neighborhood and our communities, those around the world, praying for, for missionaries who are, who are sharing the gospel in places in the world where it's illegal even to mention the name Jesus. Father, help us to be people of prayer who prioritize it, Lord God, and, and just empower the movement of Jesus in this world. Father, help us to be generous people. Help us to be people who give Father, we, we thank you for those already who've been praying over the last few weeks to give above and beyond their, their normal giving of their tithes and offerings for the World Evangelism Fund through, through Faith Promise. Pray for those who are going to be, be prayerfully dropping off those commitments today in the offering box outside and those who are watching online right now, we're going to get online and say, you know, each week, each month, each year, this is what I'm going to do to support work of Christ in this world for people to come to know Jesus. And Lord, then give us, give us the courage to be people who are willing to go, people who are willing to get out of our comfort zone, willing to take a next step to talk to our neighbor, to reach out into our community, to maybe even connect with the porters today and, and say, what can I do globally? What can I do to get out of my comfort zone, out of, out of the, the walls that I'm so used to? Stretch me, Lord. I want to be used for you. I, I want to go all in with you. I want, I want you to have first place in every area of my life. I want to be a follower of Jesus. God, I, I pray that that's what our church is going to be, that we are going to be people who aren't just Christians in name, but are followers of Jesus in action. God, we love you. We praise you. And again, we give you all glory and honor and praise. And, and I, I want to take a moment, even in a service like this, because... I don't want to miss the opportunity, but, but maybe you're a person here today. Maybe you're, you're here in church or you're watching online, and maybe you've never made that decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And I want you to know he, he's ready for you right now, that today could be the greatest day in your entire life. It could be the greatest decision you ever make in your entire life. So if you're here right now, if you're watching at home, and you would say, you know what? I believe that Jesus died for me, that he paid the price for my sins. I believe he rose again. And today I want to move my faith off of myself and what I've done onto my Savior Jesus and what he's done for me. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, would you just take 10 seconds of extreme courage and maybe get out of your comfort zone and just lift up a hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior give you the opportunity right now. Just lift your hand if that's you. If you need Jesus in your life, lift it up high. Praise God. You see that? Whether you're here or whether you're online, God knows. 
lift your hand up right now. Again, I believe this is the greatest decision you can ever make in your entire life, so I don't want it to pass. I want to give you this opportunity in this moment. Is there anybody else this morning? Praise God. Let's pray together then. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for, for decisions made today, Lord. Father, thank you for, for being the God who loves us. Thank you for being the God who's ready to meet us exactly where we are, but the God who calls us to greater things, the God who calls us to move from the smaller story of us to the greater story of you. We love you today. We thank you, God, for your son. We thank you for Jesus. And we pray all these things today in Jesus' name. I want to give you a couple quick announcements um, as we close. Um, remember, again, if you're going to put in your, your faith promise, um, you can do that outside right in our offering box. Um, also, um, have you appreciated the porters this morning? Can we hear it again for them? Out in the lobby, we have um, a special love offering uh, for the porters um, to, again, just support them and the work of God that they are doing. Um, we encourage you to be able to, to give to that generously as well. You can find that out, out in the lobby. And then I want to remind you guys that we're not done. We're, we're having our all-church cookout today. Um, so if you're online, again, you can drive over to the church right now and be a part of that if you want to. It's going to be outside. We've got moon bounces for the kids. We have food. Uh, you get to pie a pastor in the face. And, and, and this week, it's been kind of fun because I was on vacation in Michigan, I wound up getting an attack of vertigo. So when you guys pie me, there'll be like three pies coming at me. I won't know which one is there, so it'll be pretty cool. Um, but we'll have a lot of fun with that, and you'll have a chance to connect with the porters a little bit outside as well. We hope you'll stick around for that. God bless you guys. And again, hope to see you next week as we conclude our series, Formed. God bless. my soul.